Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a farmer in the southeast and find out how the corn harvest is coming along. Also, we'll get an update on CFA's Hay West initiative. And up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the president of the Prairie Oak Growers Association. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Jennifer Johansson. She's the president of the Prairie Oat Growers Association. I asked Jennifer to talk about Manitoba's oat crop here in 2021. Well, we're hearing um, reports of, uh, of production being down about 30 to 35 percent uh, throughout the province um, compared to uh, the last five years. Uh, there has been some variability in in uh, test weights and and thins. There's been some higher incidences of thins, and due to the drought, there were some areas like the Inner Lake that were severely impacted, and uh, and uh, they're well below that or, or well above the the thirty thirty five percent reduction in uh, production. What about the rest of the prairies? Uh, the rest of the prairies, um, from what we were hearing, um, production's about um, 45 to 50 percent of average. So, yeah, I guess that's just a result of uh, no no moisture. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's some regions that, like I, like I said, it's so variable because some areas, some pockets hit some timely rains, um, but there are other areas that just they went 60, 65 days without rain. Right, so um, we know oats. Uh, they like moisture, and they don't handle uh, extreme heat. So the extreme heat we had in July this year um, really, really took its toll on the crop. I wanted to talk a little bit about prices. You know, um, we're seeing some uh, high prices for oats, I guess, for May over $6. Um, your thoughts on uh, on those prices? Uh, you're speaking new crop for 2022? 20, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that is historically, that's, a, that's an extremely high price. Um, but what we're seeing right now is that we're seeing high prices in some of our other commodities like wheat, uh, canola, uh, peas, uh, uh, pretty much everything. So uh, oat acres are going to be under um, competition uh, for, for, for acres uh, that coming into this next crop year. We do know uh, that um, we're going to have record low ending stocks at the end of this, uh, this marketing year. So uh, we believe, even though we're seeing high prices right now that you can that you can price for a new crop, uh, we still believe that to secure acres, um, we're going to have to see an increase yet, uh, just to just to make sure that those acres get planted. Can you remember a time when they've been this high? Not in my no. career. No, no. <laughs> this is definitely a, a new uh, a new uh, thing for for our industry. I believe in two thousand eight. Um, uh, we were seeing that 475 range uh, 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 bounce around, but we never got to the $6 range, no. Well, some of these high prices, uh, I guess, kind of make up for the lower yields, or has a lot of that already been contracted? Yeah, so I believe um, in some cases, and I don't have a solid number. I wish we did, but we have no way of tracking uh, what producers pre-contract. So um, there were some instances where uh, pre-contracts uh, uh, Producers were in a position where they had to either buy out their contracts, their, their, their shortfall, or roll it with some companies were allowing them to roll it into 2022. So
So, um, but there were also some producers that managed to um, take advantage of the higher commodity prices on a portion of their on a portion of their production. In those instances, um, perhaps the impact of the drought won't be as devastating. Um, the ones that will really hurt are the ones that couldn't fulfill their contracts in full. Um, th- those those producers are are, are unfortunately uh, uh, going to have some challenges. Any other, I guess, final thoughts on the year here? Or? Oh, I just, like I said, it's, it, it was a tough year on many fronts, and I know um, a lot of producers struggled throughout the summer months. Uh, uh, and it is a drain on mental health, right, when, when something like lack of rain, which is so out of your control, uh, impacts your bottom line. But, um, yeah, I wish everybody uh, the best of luck throughout the winter months and, uh, and look forward to the crop of 2022. That was Jenneth Johansson, president of the Prairie Oat Growers Association. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Shareholders of Service Equipment Corporation have approved the sale of the company to Brandt Tractor Limited. The deal is worth about $302 million. Service expects that the transaction will become effective in the next few weeks. The completion of the transaction remains subject to approval of the Court of Queen's Bench of Alberta. Service, which is headquartered in Calgary, operates 64 dealerships around the world and is the authorized representative of original equipment manufacturers, including John Deere, Peterbilt, and Clark, to name a few. The brand group of companies is headquartered in Regina. The company has over 100 locations in Canada and the U.S. Up until this point, Manitoba's corn harvest has been moving along quickly. Morgan Cott is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. The grain that's coming off is looking pretty good. It looks like we have heavy bushel weights this year for whatever reason. There's some areas that are a little bit lighter, but generally I'm hearing about heavier bushel weights, which actually we think may have been a result of those late August rains, perhaps. The the plants might have just grabbed everything they could get at that that time and and filled the grain um, above what normal bushel weight is. Cott says corn yields are variable. Some reports were better than expected. And once again, farmers in Manitoba work together to support the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Here's regional rep Gordon Jansen. I think right now I can say that um, all of our growing projects have uh, completed their, their field harvest. This year we had, I think it was 38 active growing projects across the province. So we were really, uh, really glad, uh, glad for that, even with a more difficult growing season. Crops grown this year included wheat, canola, soybeans, corn, and sunflowers. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, October 14th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll get an update on the CFA's Hay West initiative. Joining us now is Keith Curry, first vice president with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture to give us an update on the Hay West initiative. We're continuing to move hay. Um, A few few contributions have come into play now. Of course, you saw the press release regarding monies coming from Farm Credit Canada and from the Ontario Federation of Agriculture. And very happy to see both those organizations step up with some some meaningful monies Uh, and, and Farm Credit uh, offering to potentially match further uh, further sources, so we're pretty happy and excited that uh, that these two organizations have enabled us to begin shipping even more hay to those who are in need out in Western Canada. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's a good it's 
it's good to see that that our farmers are stepping up here in eastern Canada. Uh, we have a fair, fairly good uh, stock of, of hay available and more coming in. We also received word that we'll be getting some monies, uh, hopefully from the federal government. We're just waiting to see uh, how things shake out from you know establishing the cabinet and getting people into place. But the the government has indicated they want to help, so we're looking uh, to continue to ship hay not only right now uh, as farmers are in need, farmers and ranchers are in need, but also through the entire winter season because animals don't just need hay today, they need it on, on an ongoing basis. So so we're pretty happy the way things are coming together. And you mentioned um, $50,000 from the Ontario Federa- Federation of Agriculture, 25000 from FCC, um, FCC also agreeing to provide an additional 25000 if if uh, someone else comes on board. What exactly is that money used for? It's all that money is right now is going towards uh, transportation, uh, making sure that we can uh, secure the transportation to get the hay out there. Uh, we are working on a on a, a net zero basis as far as the actual hay goes itself. We're we're buying it for ten cents a pound and we're selling it for ten cents a pound uh, when it arrives to the farmers out west. Uh, the, our cost uh, is going to be the transportation aspect of it. So all this donated money will go strictly towards uh, freight, getting the, getting the feed out west. How much hay has been shipped so far? Uh, I, there's been not as much as we hoped. Uh, there's been uh, a few thousand bales that have, have, have arrived out west. Uh, we have a bunch lined up ready to go. And again, it's just it's a matter of getting, uh, getting the money to, to ship the hay. We do have freight lined up in, uh, with, with some rail cars and with some uh, trucks as well, highway tractors. Uh, so we're just waiting for, for more monies to come into the pot so we can get, keep loading that hay and getting it out west. Just switching gears here, wanted to touch a little bit on the um, partnership CFA has with Food and Beverage Canada on a national workforce strategy. Um, fill us in on that. So as we know, uh, agriculture is, is, has long been short on, on jobs, not only on farm. I think we're looking at somewhere between sixteen and 20,000 jobs go unfulfilled on farm every year. But the entire value chain is, is uh, in desperate need of more, more workers. And so we're, we're um, combining with, with Food and Beverage Canada, also with CARC, the Canadian Agriculture Human Resources Council, and also the Future Skills Centre uh, to develop a strategy going forward for agriculture and food and beverage manufacturing in particular. Um, we're hoping that what this does is it establishes a, a, a type of a, a pathway uh, that will help us address this shortage in the workforce and as well as the skills shortage uh, as well. I don't think people realize there's a lot of skill involved in, in what we do day-to-day from, from farm to fork. So, so you know, we're looking at things like high school streams and, and gearing people into post-secondary, whether that's university, college, whether that's a trade. How can that be uh, a positive for the agri-food, businesses going, agri-food industry going forward? And so it'll be it'll be a long term uh, a roadmap, so to speak, for what we need in agriculture, and hopefully uh, uh, we'll come to fruition sooner rather than later. But we have to do the work uh, to see how that roadmap's going to look. And with the with the issue of unfilled jobs, I guess just touch a little bit on the revenue loss that that uh, results in. Well, it's huge. I mean, we're talking about production that may not happen. Uh, simply because of uh, a lack of labor. I mean, we certainly highlighted it the last couple of years, and in particular 2020, uh, when we struggled uh, getting access to the, to the seasonal ag workers and the temporary farm workers, which are vital to, in particular, horticulture uh, production in Canada, but not limited to that. 
And and we had, uh, you know, I'm looking at operations around me in central Canada that just simply either didn't plant crops or they didn't harvest crops in, in particular if it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, vineyards or tree fruit. Uh, they just didn't have the labor force available to, to uh, harvest those crops. So we're, we're talking millions and millions of dollars of lost revenue. It's not just on farm. Yes, those farmers are, are losing revenue. But when you think about the jobs involved in further value-adding those, those products once they leave the farm, that processing and manufacturing side, uh, that's dollars for everybody that gets lost. And in the end, it results in, in either more imports coming in or higher costs for the consumer at the grocery store. So everybody pays more and everybody loses more. So, so it's important that we can find this strategy in getting, you know, getting people into the agri-food industry, uh, into, into those streams that are important to us so that we can continue to take advantage of what we have, the bountiful uh, capital asset in, in land and, and production uh, availability of, of food products and then the manufacturing side as well. That was Keith Curry, first vice president with the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Canadian Food Grains Bank invites you to a virtual Singing in the Grain concert this Saturday starting at 8 o'clock. Details on the Food Grains Bank website. Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District Meetings start October 19th. Go to the Beef Producers website for details. Caps Fall Advisory Council meeting takes place via Zoom October 20th starting at 9 a.m. Ag in Motion presents a post-harvest information session on October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. Manitoba Egg X is set for October 27th to the 30th at the Keystone Centre in Brandon. Check the Provincial Exhibition website for up-to-date information. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, Manitoba's corn harvest has moved along quickly here over the past few weeks. Reporter Shannon Duick caught up with Mark Hutlett, who farms in the St. Anne area. We've made tremendous progress in, in uh, the last couple of weeks. Things dried down uh, extremely fast because of the sort of August weather we had. So it's been, uh, as per usual with, with the rest of the crops, a lot of variation within the area. We've weighed corn that's uh, 80 to 90 bushels, and then we've weighed some you know, ranging in the 140 to 160 range, uh, solely dependent on rain. Test weights are, are extremely high, um, some of it registering over 60 pounds, which is contributing to a little higher yield than what we had projected. So, you know, test weights are a good 10, 15% above uh, what they can be. And so that's been a nice bonus to add to them for, for yield. So not too bad considering maybe what had been projected in summer, but uh, still below uh, what producers would have seen in recent years? Yes, we're below average historically, there's, there's no doubt. Um, but there's a couple of positives in that the corn is, is, you know, as mentioned earlier, has dried down a lot. So a lot of corn in uh, sub-20, which, which is great. doesn't cost a lot, of, a lot to dry. And if we get the right conditions coming up here, there could be some corn go right to bin uh, next time we get a few sunny days in a row. So, um, And by that, I mean it'll be dry enough to throw right in the bin and not even go to the dryer. So that saves guys a, a lot of money. 
And so the price point is strong. And so there's a few positives, but yeah, we'd all like to have another 30, 40, 50 bushels where it didn't rain as much. What, uh, what percentage of the corn harvest do you think is uh, completed here in the southeast? Oh, we're well over half. I think if we ever strung together another week in a row, because it doesn't take much to dry it, uh, we'd be done. Yeah. And what, uh, I know that uh, when we last spoke, uh, the, the, the soybean harvest was still underway. Uh, how, did things, how did things play out there? Yeah, we have a, a couple of, of, I think only two plots left to, to do. So most of the beans are gone. That's a small, single-digit amount of beans left out there. And that is because of how some weather issues. There's been just about everything started regrowing again, again with that rain and all the wonderful hot weather we got. So um, some of the beans had some some regrowth at the, on the bottom half of the plant and, and especially north of one, there's still a, a few fields out there, but really by and large, it, it, you know, that crop is done. That's a very isolated uh, few fields and uh, yields were also, oh, um, inconsistent where there was no rain. It was, it was 20 bushels and where there was rain and we got as high as uh, 55, 60. So, a, tr- a tremendous uh, disparity again within the area. I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like it. Sunflowers were not too bad. Uh, some of them didn't grow overly tall, but it was still an above to to or average to above average crop, and so price points were very nice on that. So that that was somewhat satisfying for you know to create some uh, some cash flow for the guys. It's been a very tough tough year. A lot of a lot of um, effort you know putting into or put into growing the crop, and then it's always sad when you ju- don't quite get enough moisture. But uh, overall, they do, they they do well when it's drier, and, and they did they did well. Yeah, I imagine for the most part, um, uh, most most producers, most farmers are ready to kind of just put this year behind and look forward to an, a new year next year. Yes, a good good swath of our area is like that. And again, guys, I got fortunate enough to get a little bit of rain. You know, this was a, a, a above average year. It was it was good, but it was so, uh, again, so sporadic within the area. It's incredible. That was St. Anne area farmer Mark Hutlett chatting with reporter Shannon Duick. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Harvest is coming to a close for the Canadian Food Grains Bank here in Manitoba. Regional Rep Gordon Jansen says they had just under 40 grow projects this year. There was a real... Uh, variation in in yield uh, across the province, and I think we've seen that uh, across the agriculture sector, that depending on rainfall, which was very spotty throughout the growing season, depending on that, uh, the yields varied a lot. There were some projects that they had good yields, close to um, average and maybe even better, but many more of them were below average, and, and some were had a poor yield. Crops grown this year included wheat, canola, soybeans, corn, and sunflowers. Manitoba's sunflower harvest has been going fairly smooth up until this point. Morgan Cott is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. Some producers um, insist on getting their sunflowers done before corn, and some insist on doing it afterwards. So it's just a matter of, of timing for both of those, if they have both crops, of course. But um, yields have been really great not record but there's some fields that have gone record for that producer 
um, but very good yields as well. Maybe, I'm not sure if seed size is going to be a possible thing or seed weight, but uh, yields are really great for 2021. And the Canadian Federation of Agriculture is partnering with Food and Beverage Canada, the Canadian Agricultural Human Resource Council, and the Future Skills Centre to develop a national workforce strategy for agriculture and food and beverage manufacturing. The project will establish a roadmap to lead the way in addressing workforce and skills shortages in agriculture and the food and beverage manufacturing industry and help address the chronic labour shortages that Canadian farmers have faced for decades. Canadian farmers lost $1.5 billion in 2014 because they could not find people to work. In 2020, COVID further exacerbated the labor shortage, pushing Canadian farmers' losses to $2.9 billion in revenue, equivalent to 4.2% of the sector's total sales. The strategy will be a two-year project. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll preview the upcoming Manitoba Beef Producers Fall District meetings. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.